This episode of the School of Laughs podcast is brought to you by Patreon sponsor Kevin Hardy. If you'd like to learn how you can support the podcast through a small monthly donation, log on to schooloflaughs.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Kevin. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last Podcast. Rick Roberts here. Thanks again to Kevin Hardy for supporting us through uh, Patreon and making this podcast possible. If you'd like to find out more about that, check out schooloflast.com forward slash Patreon. Hey, today is one of my favorite types of episodes where I get to brainstorm a couple of premises with a, two other comedians, Johnny W. and Brian Bates. You hear these guys frequently on the podcast. They live right here where I live, so it's convenient to get together and bounce some ideas off each other. We do that probably every six or seven weeks, and I thought I'd record this episode uh, while we're sitting around and then follow up and see how these jokes sounded. So as I'm recording this now, I already know that we tried these jokes and we got some recordings of them. And so next week, you can listen back and see how these things played out in front of a live audience. And these are just ideas that are not complete and untested for the most part. I think Johnny's joke he had maybe done once or twice, at least part of it. So we're going to dig right into it. These are three jokes from three comics on the School of Laughs podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> well, I am here today with Brian Bates and Johnny W. And a lot of the feedback from past podcasts is, is you guys and I included like to hear people brainstorming jokes. So we're going to be on the limb. We're going to be at the edge just throwing some ideas out. There might be some dead air, but we're going to kind of walk through a couple of at least one idea for each of us, I think is, is an honest, easy thing to approach here in a short amount of time. So Johnny, what joke are you working on? And... Throw it out there as is without explaining sure. it too much, and then we'll try to pile on. Okay, sure. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I do a lot of church market stuff, uh, and so a lot of my audiences are church folks. Uh, and I, But I love doing – actually, I love doing church market-type jokes in clubs, too, to kind of see what you have because so many, so many things in church culture, like with like one extra sentence of explanation, everybody gets. Like I saw uh, Sean Reynolds this past week in CCA do a thing about a cry room. And he had to explain what a cry room was probably. But he said he'd been doing it in clubs for two months and it was killing. He had, he had not yet done the cry room bit in a church, which I thought was fascinating. But anyway, my bit's about working in the church nursery. Uh, my wife and I volunteer in the church nursery. And I already do this part where I say, uh, if you're going to volunteer at your church, start in the nursery because these babies can't rat you out if it all goes wrong. Like if I hand you back a crying baby, maybe maybe I dropped him. Maybe he's a brat. you know. And so then – uh, from that, I wanted to delve in further. Like a lot of churches, including mine, are doing this thing where they put stickers on kids' backs, and well, uh, they're barcodes, barcodes. So, so they can track the kid and the person that picks them it's up. It's got the kid's name, it's got a number corresponding with it, and then the parent gets a piece of paper that, that tells them how much they love Jesus. That's right. <laughs> and so you come back, and the idea is that somebody that's not the parent of the kid can't pick up the kid, uh, which is great. But my whole thing was. If I'm the nursery worker and you come back, you know, I'm forgetful. But if you parents lose that piece of paper, like I'm, we're keeping your kid like he's ours now. And uh, and then the the punchline I have now, I've only done it once, is uh, they, they argue back and forth. And I say, look, without the receipt, the best I can do is store credit. So <laughs> Right. And they get to laugh now. Yeah, yeah. It gets to laugh already. So I just am trying to, you know, 
I don't know what store credit would be. I love the idea of like, what would store credit be? Is it a, like a Lifeway gift card or whatever? Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would be to me, the first thing would be like another kid. Yeah, that's what it, I thought that too. Like, that's what I thought you meant. Well, I thought about that, that going there with like, if you want to go further with it, you could say, um, yeah, you, you could shop around. I, we got a couple of yeah, know, I would a couple say, of blonde kids back here that their sticker fell off six months ago or whatever. Yeah, well, I would say something like, uh, "Best I can do is give you store credit." Then the laugh, then go. Uh, that Wilkins baby over there looks pretty. Uh, <laughs> looks like he's into you or something like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like because uh, the odd, the funny thing, obviously, is the kid would say, "That's my dad," and you would, you yeah, know, and that that enough should be enough for you. But in a church nursery where they do have those little codes that have to match up, yeah. it needs to be more like. My son does not look any more like anybody else than me. Yeah. And they've questioned me from time to time. Because sometimes my wife has a sticker, and I just went to the other room to pick up my son first. Right. But I got to wait for her to come over. And then they can't believe she married me. No. <laughs> yeah, what about the idea, too, that, like, could you just go – Could you if I found the piece of paper that has your name on it, could I then just go pick up Wyatt? Like, how does that work? Right. What do they do? I don't really know the process, honestly. Well – yeah, I mean, technically, if you got the sticker and the so kid, don't leave your piece of paper laying down. Right, you've got the corresponding parent piece of paper. Yeah, if the kids forgetful parents, just as dangerous. <laughs> right. Then the third angle, not to put too many things on it, but what kind of person, if you're really a criminal who abducts children, mm-hmm. would go through all the trouble to going to a church yeah. to abduct a child? Like of all the places you'd probably avoid to be a church if you're a criminal in the first place. Yeah, but like to. To make a grand master plan to walk into First Baptist to pick up a child right. is crazy. And so they put they put the sticker on the kid's back too, right? Because it there's nothing more. Like to me, it's funny too because kids don't love anything more than stickers. Stickers are like so they have to put it on an area of the, of the like where the kid can't reach it and play with it. I, I think that's kind of yeah. Funny I think my, with the younger kids, they put it on the uh, the parent and our church puts it wherever they want. Really okay, but I, and I, we put them on the front so that. Teachers can address their kids by our name because oh, their name is on there. But they don't peel it off? No. Okay. Maybe it's really bad dad out there who, you know how in hospitals when babies are born, they have to label them because there's a dad out there who actually accidentally took home the wrong four-year-old one yeah. time because he can't even tell, you know. And what are the qualifications to be a daycare worker? Because I feel like white men probably, I don't know, what men at least get discriminated yeah. you know, in a daycare because they don't think we know what we're doing. <laughs> We don't. We have no idea. Well, no, I think it's interesting. I like the idea of that, though, too. Yeah, But I definitely like the idea of the store credit being just pick out and Any hope kid. for the best, like that this will fool your wife. That's what I You're would, not going to get in trouble. I like the idea of just a clueless dad that forgot the paper. Now he's got to pick out, like, well, that kid's a brunette. Let's just see what happens. Right. Yeah, that kid looks close enough to mine yeah. and see if the wife notices. He doesn't even seem to be breaking things. This could be better. I right. You could end up in the plus. <laughs> What about your Carly Rae Jepsen one? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I wrote this. It was a dumb tweet I wrote forever ago. And it was about if Carly Rae Jepsen works in the church nursery. And it was like a version of that song. It was like, uh, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's a sticker. Hand me your baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can throw that in there. It's a great line. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if Carly Rae Jepsen's still. Uh, back when I wrote She's it. got a new CD out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Actually, a really good one. I heard a clip the other day. Anyhow, I think. The store credit line is definitely solid. Yeah. I, I think two things. First, the just the lead-in has to get as short as you can get it. Because mm-hmm. it is kind of, you know, you have to explain a little bit, but I think you can just boil it down to say, in churches, when you drop your kid off in the nursery, they give you a barcode to match up when you pick your kid up. Yeah. And that's all you need to say as far as the front end of it. 
I would be so, so bad in the church nursery that I would forget. Yeah. You know, or the parent being so forgetful, then store credit's perfect. I yeah, think. I'm not sure whether I want to be the guy who forgets or whether I want to be the guy who's like toeing the hard line, saying, "Look, we're we're keeping your baby." Like, yeah. I, don't know if what's I think you're that guy. Yeah. Because you're not a father, so that right, you're so it's, that's the thing. So it's even more alien to you that you're in the church nursery because yeah. it's not your normal. Yeah. Place to hang. Yeah, I think I, yeah, for me to switch roles, it would be too weird, too jarring for the audience because I've already told them I don't have kids or whatever. So how about I'm going to throw one more wrinkle in it to make me take a different direction. What if at some point you look up and all the kids have taken their stickers off and you have to put them back on and it becomes oh, yeah. like. A price is right game. Where you're trying to match the right price with the right <laughs> object, and so line up. Okay, and you, you know you can do yeah. a big act out on stage where you're slapping stickers. Okay, uh, then you push a button. Four, four out of five is right. Okay, which one's not right? Yeah, it you're becomes like, like yeah. a big game show. Or like you're looking for like you find yourself uh, second guessing. Look on you look at the names like okay, this seems like this is probably Hispanic baby. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like this is probably. <laughs> yeah, but there are so many adoptions too in church in church nurseries where you, it could look totally different. That's funny. No, I do like that idea, but the stickers fell off. We're, my church buys cheap stickers, and so now I look up and yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's a funny idea. I mean, there's a few. I mean, there's a few different ways you can go in there. Yeah, I like. But I, I, again, I like jokes like that because it's kind of like it demystifies. Because I know that's not just church. I mean, other daycares probably do that too. But I think it's interesting. There's some stuff there, and now that it's prevalent enough, I think it's easy enough to do. So it's good stuff, though. Cool. Well, before we get to Brian Bates, I'm going to play a clip of a recent show where I talked about church nurseries. And I actually, this is at the church I did it, uh, last Sunday. Yeah. I went and took the signs off of the three church nurseries doors, and I was just taking something that was in the environment and talking about it. Right. I've got a church that's kind of growing, so we don't have a dedicated nursery, and I was just kind of checking out the nursery down here. And I like the way y'all do it. Uh, we go by, like, how old the kids are at our church, but y'all just... Infants and crawlers, put them in that room over there. If they're crawling, if they're crawling, put them in that room at the end and close the door because they're crawling now. Crawlers, I like it. But you got to keep the kids away from the room next door. The crawlers, we're going to run into the kids with armor, and that's not going to be good at all. They're going to lance off an arm or something like that, and that kid's going to be crawling. And definitely want to keep them away from the advanced crawlers, which I would call a walker, but y'all got them as. A beginning walker, which is somebody that crawls but falls down a whole lot. So basically, that's my Uncle Chuck. But, uh, <laughs> I like that crawlers, though. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's just an example of my church nursery joke, which Johnny didn't know I had, and it's completely different. But it is a... I mean, not now it won't be. You're going to add all the... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back and dub in a few of the things we just talked about. So, crawlers. <laughs> so, Brian, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got for us today? All right. Uh, so, whenever I find some type of critter roaming around my house, I always have that one friend who tells me why it's good to keep it. So, like, you know, you see a giant spider, you're going to, like, freak out, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I saw the spider run underneath my bed the other night. And that one friend's like, man, it's probably just a house spider. You know, you need to keep that. It eats other other insects, you know. And you're like, how dirty do you think my house is? <laughs> right. Or you see a snake, and you're like, ah, snake from my backyard. I hope it didn't get in my attic or I mean, in my basement. And uh, he's like, ah, it's probably just a guard snake. You know, it eats other rodents, other animals. It's good to keep around the house. Or I just saw a murderer's on the loose in my neighborhood. <laughs> Don't turn him in. You know, it's good to have a murderer running around. You know, over controls the population and 
You don't want traffic going crazy in your, your neighborhood. <laughs> I like that. What if the murderer accidentally kills your Terminex guy who's helping you? So <laughs> 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 now your house is overrun with spiders and garden snakes. Uh, uh, and, uh, and there's a murderer still on the loose. <laughs> I mean, that could be an angle. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I like, yeah, I think everybody that has a house can relate to, to a joke like that. All right, that was my first question. Do you guys kind of, have you ever sensed that? you ever heard someone say yeah, yeah. why it's good to keep certain things? Like, Well, yeah, I've heard that. And even when I had my first house, there was this really, it, it looked totally venomous spider hanging out in front. It turned to be a garden spider, which is really colorful, and it has yes. a zigzag yes. in the yeah. thing. So we kept it until I saw it was laying a bunch of eggs, and I took that Burned it in the street, but the rest of it I kept because <laughs> you don't want a million of them. Oh gosh, but it was pretty to work watch. Daycare. <laughs> yeah, don't you, know. you work in the nursery? I've seen Charlotte's Web. It only takes one spider to anchor the movie, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's relatable. But me knowing you, know, I know you live in a high rise condo near downtown, so I'm wondering like how many critters are getting in this concrete building that you've got. But yeah. if you take that out of the equation, which the average audience person wouldn't know that, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they will now. Yeah. Well, thanks, so spiders, yeah, spiders are going to show up anywhere. Yeah, but maybe making a specific spider, like you're, you're afraid it's going to be a brown recluse, but they're like, no, it's probably just a house spider that eats other insects. Right. Then I saw a snake in the yard. I thought it might be a copperhead. They're like, no, it's probably just a garden snake. Then I saw this weird guy in the neighborhood. Like, no, that's just probably a serial killer. You need to keep those. Like, ah, uh, okay. You know what I mean? So you have that back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if here's, this is really weird? What if you flip it and what do the animals think about us? Like when you said brown recluse, I was thinking like, would Brian be like a white recluse? <laughs> <laughs> That's his new basketball name. Yo, the white recluse is here. Like, like I'm going to bite that guy. No, 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 don't leave that guy alone. He's just a white recluse. Like, he's not pointing us. <laughs> like they don't want to be around us? Well, no, like they don't know whether to bite us and kill us or not. Like yeah. even a venomous spider is like, no, nah, leave that guy alone, man. He's good. He, he brings us food. He takes yeah. care of it. The ecosystem's in, in balance, you know. He's just a white recluse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be like yeah, if that's you're you're so lazy and so much a cash potato, like food is dropping constantly for yeah. these insects to die. And I'm like, no, no, don't take him out. Don't don't bite the hand that feeds you. you don't least, bite the hand that feeds right. you. You got the least to worry about from the poisonous animals. You're so scared. They're like, no, no, this guy's good. He's fine. I think I think you could actually do both sides in the joke. Do the first part from your perspective, right? Because yeah. you do have a couple of jokes where you show, which I, I like about your show, by the way. You have the first take on it then you have the second take which mirrors the first joke like your exercise joke running the mailbox then you mirror it with the marathon thing yes, yeah. and I think you have another one that's similar to that but this this falls into the the joke, joke structure that works really good for you so I think yeah do your first angle on you and then have the insects and animals and serial killers perspective because that's three more punchlines yeah what would be the serial killer's perspective well maybe Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's looking through the window, scanning your house one night, yeah. and he sees there's so many insects and bugs. He's like, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to take this dude out, you know. Yeah, something that's the thing that saved you. Yeah, the thing that saved you is your first friend's advice to keep the spider in the house. <laughs> Unfortunately, he got killed by a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That serial killer is definitely afraid of spiders. It's kind of a funny image too. Yeah. yeah, so I would name your friend that tells you all this stuff in the front. Okay, and then at the very end. The serial killer picks another house, and it happens to be your friend. <laughs> so take your own advice next time; you'd still be alive. Yeah, but if you were going to do like white recluse, it might be funny to go through other insects and think of other uh, other animals and other names you could give, like a poisonous whatever. I don't know. Well, spiders have those like white recluse and black widow, are like the brown recluse, brown recluse black and widow. black widow, are like yeah. two very and one's 
<laughs> I mean, you'd think they would never kill anybody if they're one's widowed and one's a recluse. Like it's like they should rename. Maybe that could be a whole other joke. We need to rename a lot of these insects because. The insects don't sound dangerous. A recluse does not sound dangerous. Right. A widow does not sound dangerous. Yeah, when I think of a recluse, I don't think of a guy who just like lives in a corner somewhere, but then like every now and again will bite you and kill you. <laughs> right, that's right. Not, that's not a recluse to me. Yeah, I feel like everybody we know thinks they have brown recluses. and There's a lot of recluses out there. Right. There's they're, so many. They're introverted They're not spiders. that recluse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're the recluse. You got to meet them where they're at and start them on the journey there. Yeah. All right, I like that. All right, and then at the end, um, after the serial killer kills your Terminex guy, you ask for a new Terminex guy, and the best they can do is store credit. (laughs) 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 And as he's under the house, you can call him a crawler. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) As long as Johnny and I do all shows together. What we need to do is is only do shows for the people that listen to this podcast, (laughs) this particular episode, and then uh, come back. All right. So this is going well. Let's see if I can throw the brakes on really quick. I've been wanting to do a joke about 3D printers ever since they came out. And now they're actually, I think Best Buy has one now you can get for like 485 So that's that's the intro to the consumer market. And it's getting, more people know what it is. So I was just thinking of different takes on what people would print and how you would use that in today's life. So they, they have medical applications. Doctors can actually already make livers and skin and ears and stuff, skin grafts for people. I'm fighting for lungs because if that happens, I'm going right back to smoking. Right. Like I can, I literally cannot wait till I can smoke again. I gave it up a long time, but I cannot wait. I love to print out a pair of gloves with real skin and then put them on and then go through security at the airport and take them off. Just look at this TSA guy just peeling them back. <laughs> you know, just like creeping them out. Um, and then I, you know, my re- reality is I can't really afford a 3D printer at home, but I still want to do all this stuff. So I'd be like the creepy guy at Kinko's at, at 3 a.m. just like waiting for the 3D printer to be available. Then just my couple tag taglines that aren't that strong yet. You, know, you think ink is expensive? Try DNA. Right. right. Uh, you know, because everybody that's bought printer ink has been through that. And then uh, the people at work that sit on the printer, you know, if they have a 3D printer, it's gonna be a whole different ballgame. That's actually an idea. Uh, printer ink is like the most expensive thing in the world. So if you get a 3D printer, just print more printer ink and well, <laughs> sell it to people with just regular printers. Yeah, or print yeah, print octopus. <laughs> print out an octopus. That's where they get the ink. Yeah. You know, before they went to soy ink anyway. But so maybe there's an angle with the octopus. Yeah. Maybe there's an angle with the uh, smoking. Get a new lung. What do you think about why can't you be more like your brother? Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, I like that. Where else would you take it? Well, like uh, old people in technology. Like I think we ran, we talked about this one day when we were riding together, like how are old people going to react to 3D printers? Because like they're, some of them can't even turn on the computer or figure out email. So now you say like you can make, you can create things with whatever. I don't know. I think one of the, Brian, didn't you have one about like your grandma calls and says the printer's jammed? And you're like, what were you making? He's like, jammed. <laughs> Is that your joke? Uh, Johnny says it's really funny, so I'll say yes. Yeah, funny. That's yes. pretty funny. You should preserve it. <laughs> I know. Uh, cool. So uh, what would you, like if you got it, actually one of the guys at your church has a 3D printer. Yeah, that's right. They, that's how I, I, was, I don't know what he's doing with it though. He asked me if presses shirts and does all kinds of other things, but I don't know what he's doing with three. Yeah, he asked me if I could think of something that I'd want to have for like my comedy class or whatever. Like, you know, is there something I can put on there and make for you? Because he's still experimenting with it. He uses it in the church nursery if someone loses a kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
Between the three of us, we've got one joke for sure. We really do. We have one solid <laughs> joke among us. It's funny. That would be good, actually, 3D printer in the church nursery. Like, we need about 15 minutes, and Billy will be right with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he went out for a walk. <laughs> the, t- the pastor stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I don't know a lot about 3D printers, so... That's... Well, that's actually good. Like, so what does the average audience member know about or not know about a 3D printer? Like... Like, what questions do you have that I might know because I just read a little well, bit more about I it? Just throughout is the only thing I've heard about 3D printers, printers is how they're making organs, body, you know. So I still think of it as scientists, doctors. I don't think about, you know, us going to Kinko's right. and uh, printing out something. Well, and is it, it's different. It's different material that you're putting in it each time, too, right? That corresponds with what you're printing. Like, obviously, you said wedding ring, so you put metal in it. Yeah, all I know is that there, I think it's a plastic type thing okay. that uh, gets melted down in there. Okay. I'm, I'm, well, how are they going to make a lung out of plastic? Well, I mean, a doctor is going to have access to different things. I'm talking about consumer access. I don't know what a doctor's making a lung out of. What if you have a doctor <laughs> who gets this government grant for $500,000 to get this 3D tissue printer to create an organ and it comes into the. the <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Where was I going? I don't know. Yeah, he comes in to the the hospital Christmas party with a a big Roland. Yeah, a big organ, an actual organ. An actual organ. Jenkins, you ruined it again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's he's an organ donor. I'll just play something for you. This is Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. (laughs) That's actually... that's a separate joke, but I'm going to run with it uh, when I signed the organ donor thing on the back of my card. I didn't know I was talking about tissues. I've got this old Casio thing I've had since college. I told my wife, just give it to him. I can give it to you now. I'm going to go with that, too. So we good thing is I got an extra joke out of it. But So I always throw it out on stage and see what happens with it. Yeah, I think, you, I think your number one issue is going to be figuring out how to – uh, find the the gauge the audience's knowledge of the thing, so you'll have to spend a couple of sentences explaining it, just like my church nursery thing. You have to explain a little bit, the least possible. So that'll be the most whittling. Mm-hmm. Then once you've educated them, the punchlines will land. You know, gotcha. So a, a premise as simple as they have three D printers now, which basically means you can print any object. So you scan it, any object that you have in, and it prints it out, and that's the setup. Then I can do doctors use it using tissue. If you lose an ear, they can make an ear for you. I'm hoping they make a lung so I can go back to smoking. Boom. Yeah. Now they have consumer models where you can make stuff at home, and that might be good or bad depending on the whose hands it falls into. And then maybe yeah. do the hands joke, the printing out. You can actually print out hands. <laughs> we'll see. It would be interesting to, that, that a wife would just replace her husband. Right. There was these weird lights when I was sleeping last night. It was the weirdest dream. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, somebody that looks like you is doing all the chores. Yeah. <laughs> How's that guy? Well, you know, you are replaceable. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll throw it out. Yeah. Do it on stage, record it, and bring yeah. it back. Yeah, okay. I'll do the same thing. Will you guys record your jokes yeah. when you get, get them out there? When, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, thanks, guys. We'll uh, air this one when we have the results Perfect. and put them back to back, and you guys can hear for yourselves which jokes we should keep and which ones we should ditch. <laughs> there you go. Three joke ideas, three comics, and next week you'll hear the results from the audience, how much they laughed when they didn't laugh, if they stared or if they booed. Whatever may happen, these jokes are now out and floating around 
and I already know the answer, which is kind of fun, but you don't, so you got to tune in next week to hear the rest. If you would like to do what I just did with Johnny and Brian, kick some ideas around, and then record them and bring them back to the podcast, I'm looking for two podcast listeners who are actively pursuing stand-up and have new material, or better yet, untried premises that we can run by each other on this Google Hangout, and then the three of us will record those out in the wild and bring them back right here on the podcast. So if that interests you, uh, shoot me an email, schooloflaughs at gmail.com. In the subject line of that, put uh, guinea pig. If you can't spell guinea pig, uh, just put joke tester, Google Hangout, something like that. And I'll open it up, and I'll uh, compile a short list. Then I'll get a date together, and whoever can make it on that date will set it up. But something I want to try with my listeners, since you guys are out there doing it, let's do it, man. Uh, last thing today I want to mention is uh, the online writing course. I haven't talked about that in a while, and I just took a quick look. Had over 125 people go through the online course right now, and the feedback's been solid from everybody. Uh, it's just been interesting to see the different ways people approach learning online and what they pick up and how they apply it. This course I know is very solid. If you're in the first year or two of stand-up, or you've done stand-up longer than that, but you haven't got the results you've wanted, it could simply be the writing. And it comes down to techniques, it comes down to structure, and it comes down to editing. In the online class, we go deep into all of that. Uh, We spend the first chunk of the course really digging into how to set up a premise so that you can succeed with it, as opposed to a premise that you think is funny. And then we talk about getting your punchlines together and tightening those up by adding techniques to get a bigger laugh. And then we also go into how you structure your set so you get the best response when you're on stage. If that interests you at all, I'm going to run a special coupon code for just the month of September. It's 20POD20. That's the number 20, capital P-O-D, number 20, 20POD20. That will get you 20% off of any of the online courses. There are three different ones that you can choose from depending on how deep into it you want to get. Uh, The diamond level is like the uh, Rolls Royce of the comedy class. It's the full class with bonus material, and it also includes up to 30 minutes of individual consulting via Skype, Google Hangout, or a phone call, and up to 15 minutes of recorded performances reviewed by me in a detailed analysis. What I'll do is I'll play your video, stop it, and make some comments, and send you back a video, kind of like a director's cut of that particular set. And that could be three different five-minute sets, a 10 and a 5, whatever you want to do, but up to 15 minutes of recorded performance reviewed in a detailed uh, analysis by me. Uh, And also, lifetime membership to attend any of my live writing courses or workshops. All that's available if you take the uh, diamond level of the stand-up comedy online writing class. Now that is $377.77, but you apply that 20% coupon code 20pod20, and that'll bring it down quite a bit. If you don't need the video feedback, but you do need the, you know, the insight, the techniques, uh, all the stuff that's available in the writing course, the gold stand-up comedy level is probably the better one for you. In that, I won't give you the video feedback, but you do have assignments throughout this course. You have access for 180 days. You'll get 16 homework assignments, and I'll review those for you and give very specific feedback on how you can make your material better. So that is the gold stand-up comedy level writing class. It comes with the same three hours of online tutorials as the Diamond. It has uh, quizzes after each section to make sure you learned what we've covered, and you have access to it for 180 days. That one is at 237 even, and you can apply that 20pod20 coupon code to get 20% off of that class. 
Lastly, if you're just curious what the techniques are and you want to get some practice at it but you don't want feedback, <clears throat> then you can take advantage of the Silver Stand-Up Comedy Level Writing class that you have available to you for 90 days. 150-page companion workbook comes with that. Uh, three hours of online tutorials just like the others. And you just do the work. You won't get feedback from me. But you'll be learning all the things I'm teaching to everybody else. So you might want to check that out if you uh, just need a little tune-up. Think of it as a pulling your comedy act into a garage and getting it up on the racks. You can troubleshoot what's going wrong and why you're not getting the response that you want to. So all three of those courses, the diamond, the gold, the silver, are available online. You can check them out at schooloflast.com. Hit the tab that says online classes, and you'll learn more right there, and you can sign up from that page. Uh, when you sign up, just go through the normal checkout procedure, and then at the uh, page that asks you if you have a coupon or discount, enter that code 2020, capital P-O-D, 20. And when you check out, you'll see 20% taken off of your total at the register, at the shopping cart, whatever they call those things online. So hadn't talked about that in a while, but I'm fired up at seeing the results and hearing the stories from people who have taken the class and thought I'd pass that on. Because it really does come down to writing. You can be a great performer, but if you don't have the words to support your energy and your activity and your charisma on stage, you're not going to get very far. So it's available to you 24-7 right there online. Take advantage of that. That's going to do it for this week on the podcast. I had a great time with Johnny and Brian. We're going to come back next week and let you know how everything went. You guys stay safe out there. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later. for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.